If you're looking to start a podcast, the best place to start is Anchor. It's free. The creation tools allow you to record and edit the podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Uh, You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And it's easy to do everything to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is Peter Weller talking about RoboCop. You can watch it in 100 years and you can hearken back to say what was the political, socioeconomic dynamic? What was the idea of commercialism? What was the beginnings of the age of information ripping off identity? What, were the, what was the story of identity theft? That's all that stuff is prescient to be written in 1981, filmed in 1985 or 86, and still live. And this is required watching, where you watch the essential films from the list of cinematic influencers and look at them through the lens of learning about filmmaking and how to move forward. I'm your host, Trey Epps. And Daniel Taverner. Oh gosh, it's clearly we're talking about <laughs> Robocop. No, it's perfect. It's perfect. Uh, 1987 Robocop. It is. No, I don't know if you said that sarcastically. It is iconic. Yeah, it actually is. (laughs) There are sequels on sequels for this movie. It's it's actually insane. All right. 1987. It's about a dystopic and crime ridden Detroit and a terminally wounded cop returns to the forest as a powerful cyborg haunted by submerged memories. This, of course, is directed by Paul Verhoeven. I'm still saying that wrong. Our favorite director from the movie Striptease. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah, it's Striptease. Okay. Showgirls. Showgirls. Yeah, I I said that before. No, there is a movie called Striptease. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, written by, I think it's actually the same people, right? Edward Neumeyer and Michael Miner. I could be wrong on that, actually. I'm, I'm actually, I'm very wrong on that. Anyways, uh, <laughs> listen, this stars Peter Weller, Nancy Allen, Kirkwood Smith, who is the only person that I can recognize, I personally can recognize from this, from this movie is Kirkwood Smith. There's a lot of people I recognize, no one whose name I actually knew. It was like, oh, you're the, uh, the guy from that 70s show. Oh, that's the guy. Well, exactly, exactly. Dan, I think I chose this film. No, you chose this film. I chose this film. I had never seen it. This is one of those (sighs) classic 80s movies that somehow flew by me. (laughs) It did not fly by me, but I must say, I always confuse RoboCop. I'm not sure if I confuse it or just conflated RoboCop and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, I don't know why I thought I, I, I didn't think Arnold Schwarzenegger was RoboCop, but I did. Every time I think about RoboCop, I do think about Arnold Schwarzenegger. I think he was supposed to be for the role, but he was too big for the suit. I think I saw that somewhere. <laughs> that's, that's really funny. I always confuse it with Judge Dredd, another like dystopian cyborg cop movie. This was based off of Judge Dredd. Oh, is it? Or inspired by, I think, maybe the better term of it. Inspired by Judge Dredd, which was 95 that movie came out. With Sylvester Stallone. Wow. Just based on, like, the the poster, this looks 
far more modern than RoboCop. Like, I feel like RoboCop is certainly a, a product of the decade. Like, there's nothing about RoboCop that screams futuristic. Everything about it screams, we were made in the 80s. I mean, they do a good job of setting up a dystopian future. But, yeah, I agree. Everything's, like, just short of actual futuristic. Exactly. Exactly. Which is... I. I so I had I had a hard time with this film. I'll I'll tell you that straight <laughs> off the bat. <laughs> you would think that Showgirls was a hard film for me. It wasn't. It wasn't. I, I think it's. See, listen, we talked about Showgirls. I I won't keep bringing that up. But I had more of a problem with RoboCop than I did with Showgirls. Yeah, I think I did too. It, Come to think of it, it's. It feels like it feels like a B movie, that would somehow became a hit. And I don't know how to rectify that in my mind because this, for all intents and purposes, was was a hit. It got it, nominated for yeah, all so the awards. It, like part of the Criterion Collection, or no? Yeah, it was. It was part of the Criterion Collection. I think. Wow. I think That's only this film. Yeah. Um, I, 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 th- I just think I had mo- like better. I think my expectations for this film was really high. Of course, we're talking about twenty twenty and. There's so much. I, I wasn't comparing it to anything, if I'm being completely honest. I was like, this is going to be an 80s film. But it was like, re- it was really an 80s film. So um, 80s. The, I, the idea that a cop or anyone can be shot in the head, and then you tell them, like, point blank in... The, first of all, people were getting shot point blank, and nothing was happening to them. But they got shot... <laughs> the cop got shot point blank in the head, and you're, and yet he was extracted from the crime scene he and was, was still alive? On a journey. They put a ventilator on him. And not only was he, that was the last bullet wound, was the head one. He had his Correct. arm blown off, riddled like a firing squad. Even the and, guy in the boardroom yeah. at the very, very beginning when they're showing off the trial run of the, the robot, the pre Robocop robot. This his name was, his name is, his name is ED209, by oh, the way. It's just torn apart. I, I, again, I don't, I don't understand. I, I think if I look at this through the lens of a B movie, I'm like, yo, this was amazing. This this was incredible. When I look at this as a major Hollywood film, I'm like, what, what are you talking about? What, what other movies came out in 1987? In fact, I'm going to look it up. Uh, (laughs) There's a movie I wish I had seen. I, I, I don't know about you, but when I was, little and i was homesick my mom would just leave me home so i would just watch movies all day yeah like i saw the shining when i was little like homesick i wish i had seen the robocop when i was home as like a little like 10 year old (laughs) i would have loved this movie i used to watch i used to watch robocop or i guess pieces of robocop back when it was on the wb like like weekend movies or like you know whatever like mm-hmm. random broadcast channel it was where they would just have those weekend movies and I, I would wake up from a nap as a kid and be like you know what that's on TV. Those like mid afternoon movies. Exactly. This is a very mid afternoon movie. And and it makes perfect sense. I I think this is I think this is a great movie just not under the lens of it being a major uh, motion picture like Lethal Weapon came out this year. Oh wow. I, and that's a completely different genre. Yeah. But I, I yeah, I, I don't think of Lethal Weapon and Robocop living in the same universe. It somehow feels more dated. Um, well, it's weird that uh, 
one of my favorite movies in this genre, this like sci-fi dystopian future. My favorite is Blade Runner. And that came out five years before this. And like they do, Metal- yeah, like the, all these other movies where they like futuristic movies that are actually like, oh shit, this is not a, a, a world that I recognize. Robocop, I was like, oh yeah, I mean, not to shit on Detroit, but I was like, oh yeah, it seems like Detroit. Like nothing, it seemed like they just had weird helmets. <laughs> Honestly, and uh, the, during during one of the scenes where they're making RoboCop, they're like, "We saved his left arm," and he's like, "What? I don't want his left arm." Yeah, right but then it. it's like, but then it's like, okay, so why am I seeing the bottom of his face? Why am I seeing the bottom of his actual yeah. face? It, do you want it to be half like half robot, half person, or all robot? Because if you have all, all robot, you already have one from the beginning of the movie. Exactly. So I. And I think what we're, what we're truly talking about is like the major inconsistencies with the genre itself that they chose yeah. for this. Like, I, I honestly thought I was a, a bit too slow in the very beginning of it. I don't know, man. I feel like I was duped. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like we were promised RoboCop, and I, I didn't time it, but I feel like for a very long time at the beginning of the film, it was. There was no real setup. It was meant to be set up. Like, okay, we learned we learned about this big. We learned about Omnicorp. We learned about the woman partner. I forget her name. Uh, we we barely learned about the guy, and then all of a sudden he dies in the most ridiculous manner. Also, and now- <laughs> not not to not to uh, downplay the fact that her partner got brutally murdered, but sure. she were partners for an hour. And and what seems like what seems like uh like a police department that goes through this all the time, right? Like yeah, there's it, nothing it, it introduced at the very beginning, you get these this is what I, I did like how they created this crime ridden for profit world with the, the news broadcast and the opening credits where it's like Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You could buy Yamaha Heart. Also a million murders today. Uh also like <laughs> People can go to space now for 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 money. I actually I actually really enjoyed that. I, I actually don't know if it's a trope, but I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that quite a lot, actually. I'm not sure why. I think it's because wait, did we, did we watch Network together, or maybe I just watched it on my own? Yeah, I didn't see that. So Network does a very similar thing. Okay, Network Network is about a TV network, right? And at the beginning, at the end, they kind of have like these news reports that kind of give you just a little bit of exposition. It's not too much. And I thought, I thought the way it was used in RoboCop was actually really good. Like we get it, we get it. Companies are taking over technology. Like we're in the future. Technology is advanced. Also, they even say still... it. Like the the OCP board member board members. Are, they say it outright. They're like, "This is for profit. Hospitals are for profit. Police." are for profit prisons are for profit space expo- like they own up to the fact that hey we're trying to make some money at whatever cost but it here and i here's what here's the thing i appreciate that i appreciate that exposition i appreciate that as being a motive for for ocp and like them trying to make make robots to police people and being able to control them etc i i get that what I don't get is I, I just feel like I feel like the the original robot, ED209 or whatever it was, 
shouldn't have malfunctioned the way it had. Like, I feel like there would have been, there should have been a better way for this thing to have malfunctioned. Also, if it did, would they go with plan B, a human cyborg robot cop? Also, also, wait, uh, but, but when did it, when did it, when, <laughs> when in the future do am I signing my body away that it's not returning to my family? Hey, he signed up for the job. That means we own his corpse. <laughs> Yeah, his entire body. Anyways, he's now a RoboCop. <laughs> the technology more. <laughs> this, like, there's no real way to get hard science behind this, but I would have liked to see what they come up with of how the actual RoboSuit works with the deceased cop. I mean, how much... What was the percentage of cop versus robot? Because we're, right? we're claiming this to be a cyborg, but... Again... A bullet went through his head. I don't get it. <laughs> his face was still pretty intact. So why'd they fix his full face? That's what I'm saying. There, he can still be a cyborg and not have like this half helmet situation. Because if we're basing it off <laughs> of just the letters in the word RoboCop, it's like 60-40. Well, you would, you would think, but I don't even... He got his like, Did he get his leg shut off? Is that, I think, do they just need the brain? Is that it? It was that they just need human brains. Is that right? Well, which makes me think, why wouldn't his memories be intact? Anyways, I think we're getting too, I, for me, I'm getting too into the science of RoboCop. I don't get it. But what's this guy's name? I just call him RoboCop, but I'm not sure. Murphy. So Murphy's now RoboCop, and he's on the beat, as it were. And what? He, I would love like a, a meter maid or like a, a parking, <laughs> a parking attendant. That actually would have been great. Giving I, tickets and like destroying people's windshields. I reckon a lot of the police abuse, police brutality, and I'm actually not making a making a joke out of this. I think all of that comes from like traffic violence. Like the minuscule things that police do, that police have to do. More than anyways, I'm gonna back off of that real quick. <laughs> what happens next? So so Robocop is on the beat. And he, what is it? He he sees one of the he stops a bank robbery and sees a one of the members of the gang that mm. ended his human life. And again, I think that I, I'm really hung up on the technology, so I'll stop being nerdy. But I think it's weird that like he sees this the face of this guy, and then all of a sudden he snaps back to this thing. Like of all the memories that we have in life, I think it's strange. Snaps back and and essentially starts his his mission of trying to figure out who he is and once he does figuring out how to capture or kill or arrest the members of this gang yeah he's trying to um, avenge his own murder i like that he goes cool. to a, like to a nightclub <laughs> to find the to find the gang and no one stops no one, no one no blinks an eye so 80s like I, I need I need to know that there are other robots in order for that to happen because I mean because ro- clubs open up again I'm definitely gonna find a RoboCop suit and wear it to a club <laughs> and be like I'm staying safe people I mean I I honestly feel like I have no other real points to go through it's really it's really stock standard right like one by one he either hunts down hunts down not really hunts down but he finds clues to lead him to the person who was the head of the gang and ultimately killed him. And we find out that this, uh, played by Kirkwood Smith, what is his name, Clarence Bodicker, 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 finds out that he is in cahoots with one of the 
OCP executives and I, I don't know, like, but again, I guess, I guess the hunt kind of continues because we find out that Robocop can't arrest someone who is hired at OCP or an executive yeah. at OCP. And for whatever reason, Clarence Bodecker, our main villain, like our main actionable villain is escaping him. I've never met someone escape something so much. Like it's <laughs> been in like four instances where he, this guy should have been dead. Well, also having only known him as the dad from that 70s show, <laughs> it kind of makes sense. I'm like, no, red wouldn't get caught. <laughs> Like, I put my foot in your ass, dumbass. That's actually really funny. I, also, I really Robocop, appreciate that. Robocop does more for uh, sexual assault victims than actual police officers, I'd say. Yo, real? Real talk. Like, real there's talk. a woman, one of the first crimes, there's a woman being assaulted. He gets rid of the bad guys, and then he's like, I'm going to bring you to a rape crisis center. Like, amazing. Great. But who thought to add that into the movie? Like, who was like, you know what? This movie needs that tidbit. I mean, this um, movie, with all its 80s issues, I think it speaks a lot on police culture. I mean, especially now, like, in, in light of the movement of the last two and a half months. I think it, there's a lot of similarities, unfortunately, of like, sure, immunity, corruption, like things that systems that are intentionally made to take advantage of people. Sure, people and protection of those with the money, right? Those with the power. I I, I absolutely agree with you. I don't know if that was the intention. I don't like. Yeah, but. But yeah, no, I I absolutely agree. I think I think if there was like a moral, I think that they were thinking more along the lines of how businesses and corporations would kind of insert themselves into the daily lives of the public. And let's be honest, they have, like they have succeeded and they're continuing to succeed. And I I think they they are I think they are kind of taking care, not taking care of us. I think they are doing good. And I think they are a lot of people doing bad. I think it's wild that people are worth billions and billions of dollars and don't do anything to help out mm-hmm. the cause of the world personally. But then again, maybe if I had billions and billions, I would be like, F you guys too. You know, like, I, yeah. like, I, I don't know how I'd be with billions and billions of dollars, but. Well, it's funny um, how like all these movies in this genre always have like a evil corporation running everything yeah that's true and we don't have one corporation and they're not necessarily evil but we got a lot of corporations doing bad shit and it kind of perpetuates <laughs> that that cycle but i wonder I, I i do wonder like having not lived in this time like as an adult with full breath of what's going on i mm-hmm. have I, I do wonder what it was like back then that people were like you know what we're gonna call out evil corporations like was it just like a tropey comic booky kind of thing to be like someone somewhere is doing something bad and guess what those are the people behind baby wipes you know like you know what i mean yeah. or <laughs> or was it that people really felt like business like big corporations were doing harm because you're right. Like, like, think about action movies when everyone was like a Russian. Every like villain yeah. was a Russian, and like it's coming back. It's coming back around now. Like Germans and Russians, and it's all it's all 
disappointed because of what, what's going on in society. Yeah. Like, we won't get into you that. Know, oh, the, they're a bad guy. Easy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it was all very pointed for Americans, wasn't it? But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. I, it was a lot of excess, a lot of money going around, and also a lot of crime. So I don't. There wasn't like a specific organization like there are now, like Amazon right. or Apple, like big, like mo- almost monolithic uh, companies. But there was a lot of the the inequality, the wealth gap was definitely growing significantly. I, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I see that that makes a lot more sense to me. And I didn't. I never yeah. thought about it that way. So going back just for a second and talking about and talking about the story of it all, I think there's a B, like I said, I think I think there's a very much a B movie kind of vibe about this, mm-hmm. uh, especially given how we don't know much about RoboCop or Murphy's real life. We know he has a wife, we know he has a kid, but we don't really know much of anything. And I hate to say it, but like I didn't care about his family. Do we, huh? Do we see them at all? I don't know. We, we see we see a flashback. We see like this flashback where he's walking through the house and his kids asking him something annoying. We don't and, actually like and, ever see him interacting. No, with no, them. no. This like we only see them through his flashback, which is why I'm like, I why do I care? I don't care. I I truly don't care about what I think is meant to be the heart of the film of like making right. me feel something. I mean, you could say and, that further dehumanizes him and therefore they don't care about him either <laughs> i don't know that might be a stretch <laughs> that, yeah that, that was rough bro <laughs> let's see what other notes that i really have on this i oh yeah i my, my whole thing was my, my whole thing about this film was just just the i think i read that somebody characterized it as a satire and then i started thinking about showgirls and it's the last time i actually will bring up showgirls where i was like I don't know. I can't tell with this director because he's heavily involved. As far as I can read, he's heavily involved with the scripts and having done this and Showgirls almost back to back. I think I can't tell if he's making something serious and it's just so out there and so crazy that we are like, oh, it's it's, it's uh, a satire on X, Y, and Z, or if he really if he's really setting out his intentions to be like, this is a satire. And I want the world to know that it's a satire. Because that was that was a bit of my argument for Showgirls, is that like, like we're looking at it as if it's a serious film. And I don't think it's a serious film. Anyways. I, think, like, yeah, I, I, I think we need a crossover movie. I would watch that. I would watch yeah. that. I mean, speaking of, ne- of coming next summer, they're planning a, another reboot. Another reboot that oh, apparently... Sorry, not reboot, but sequel that oh. erases that are, that apparently ignores everything that came after the original RoboCop. Really? Yeah. See why are you gonna do that? <laughs> exactly. I mean, honestly, I was watching this film and I was like, they de- they're definitely setting this up to be a series. Oh, and then yeah, I, cool. I realized, well, I, was, I realized there's only one story arc in this movie. There's no like subplots. There's no. There's one no. thing to pay attention to, and that's Robocop getting revenge. Relatively weak first movie in a series, in a franchise. <laughs> it 
It is. I mean, and j- just to be fair, I, I agree with you. I think the only other time we cut away was like the random scenes with OCP. Mm-hmm. With them being like, I want to be the big boss. No, I want to be the big boss. Like, just like bitching and moaning. Like, yeah. no, like nothing's really happening. All of that to say, all of that to lead into the very last scene where everyone kind of hates each other and hates the guy and they fire him. Just yeah, even with the other um, cops, like I thought, because they keep talking about strikes and they finally do go on a strike and everything goes to shit. Right. I thought maybe they'd come through and help save the day. I mean, his partner does. His his partner Lewis. And she was like, but she got like she should be dead too. <laughs> like every like, there's a lot of people in this movie who should be dead that just aren't, and that's a part of the ridiculousness. Also, why um, don't they do this to every dead cop? Because it seems like there's every not, not dead cow, cop. But it seems like there's a lot in this world. Hi, <laughs> Detroit. What's that about? What's, what's that about? <laughs> seems like a seems like a little bit of an insult. <laughs> I, I've got only one fun fact that I really enjoy, and it's about once again I'm going to say the word showgirls. We talked about how showgirls was a uh, was a success, a success based on its rentals. Mm-hmm. Hear this, <laughs> RoboCop was released on VHS and Laserdisc in 1988, and it was sold for $89 on VHS. Why? And 30, exactly, and $39 on SVHS, which I actually don't even know what that means. I actually don't know. But it grossed $24 million from rentals. Damn. 20, and I don't know... I don't know the length of which they speak of, but $24 million, which I think is crazy considering that the budget, uh, what did I say? Yeah, but that that meant at $80 of VHS, that's only like 30 VHSs. (laughs) Sure, sure. Yeah, SVHS just looks like to be a smaller VHS. A small VHS. Yeah, and then you put it inside of a regular VHS thing, I think, I'm not sure. You put it inside a bigger VHS? Yeah, I I only drive it if I put it in a bigger car. <laughs> I feel like someone's gonna correct me and be like, "You idiot! You don't know what you're talking about." Listen, Dan, I, let's let's get down to the rating. No, yes, anything you want to yeah. add? I'm surprised there's three movies, a remake, two television series, and two animated series, plus video games, plus <laughs> amusement park attractions. They really um, franchise the hell out of the RoboCop. <laughs> You know what? There's a lot of things they franchise the hell out of. And I'm like, okay, like that's just how it was. That's just how it was. Remember when they had original content? Not to get uh, super heady with it, but pretty ironic that a movie about capitalism and for-profit corporations. (laughs) It's actually really funny. Uh, I wonder if, uh, I wonder who got all this money. Someone like the director, the writer, someone must Someone had to be smart enough to retain some kind of rights or something. Every time I watch, like, uh, every time I see something about the Avengers, uh, I think Robert Downey Jr. is making so much money. Listen, Dan, that said, straight to it, I do not think this is required watching. I I don't know what realm it's meant to be required watching. I think think if you like B-movie type gore and cheesy... Maybe it wasn't cheesy back then, but I think like cheesy kind of wit because it's not really comedy that's being played. Yeah, I just, yeah, I don't think it does a genre justice. I don't really think it does. 
I don't think the actors are doing anything fantastic. Yeah, I just, I just don't, I just don't see it. But yeah. I know that I'm, I know that I'm shitting on movies that I think, I think a lot of people like this movie, but I in no way think it's required. I think a lot of people like this movie in the sense that they saw it as a kid, and they haven't seen it in a while. Also, <laughs> say not required unless you got a free Sunday afternoon and you want to watch a fun '80s crime movie but even then i'd watch a different 80s crime movie because there's plenty to choose from i didn't mind the gore like i could have seen it being a fantastic futuristic sci-fi movie with all the the gore and the outrageous point blank shooting i think for me it was just the fact that everything kind of all the problems in the movie like story-wise were caused by themselves right right also like remedied by themselves i agreed i kind of just seemed like not fully developed and yeah i I, again i agree and i feel and i i kind of blame paul the director paul verhoeven because because of showgirls if i'm being honest and because of what i read about him kind of being so heavily linked in the creative vision of this even if he's not credited as a writer it's a shame i i I think this could have been a really good movie i just think there's a lot of things that not don't add up because the suspension of of you know of belief is all in when you watch movies but i just don't think exactly exactly so i i feel super petty when i'm like it's unbelievable but they're not they're not really connecting any dots for me they're making me fill stuff in and if i have to fill it in myself it's gonna be realistic now that we're talking about it more i think the reason for that for me is that they focused on so many different issues and like they tried to hit so many different themes that they all fell short like they were trying to hit like capitalism and like dystopian future and what it means to be human and technology and media and like authoritarianism. I can't pronounce that word. Authoritarianism. And I'm trying to think of all the movies, even from that same time that focus on these issues, but they only focus on one or two and they nail them like Blade Runner. They live like all these weird sci-fi movies that really hit the mark. And this one had way too many marks to hit and didn't hit any of them. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. And you know what? I don't know what we're doing for October, but I feel like I feel like we should add Blade Runner. I think we already talked about this, but we should definitely add Blade Runner to the mix because yeah. it's a movie I haven't seen. We should do a Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049 double feature. If you got ten hours to spare, why is it? Are they both really long? I think they're both like three hours plus. Too long, but you know what? We should definitely do it. Anyways, <laughs> look forward to that, Dan. It's been it's been fun. Let's yeah. It was fun. It was a fun movie. I, I am in no way discounting the funness of of RoboCop. And as RoboCop says, I'll be back. <laughs> is the famous line? All right, dude. See you next week. All right, later. Later. So that's our episode. I'm your host, Trey Epps. Uh, What did you think of the movie? Did I get it right or was I completely off base? 
leave a message and we'll play it during our, ex our next episode and discuss. Required Watching is a movie club, so as much as I'd love to hear my own voice, I would love to hear from you guys. There's a link in the show notes where you can leave a voice message or you can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Required Watch. See you there.